and welcome to Lace and Cupcakes, the Lifestyle Lolita fashion podcast where we discuss all kinds of things within the Lolita community as well as the fashion. You can subscribe to this show on iTunes along with all of your other favorite kinds of podcast platforms. And if you like the show today, please like and subscribe. Now on with the episode. Before we get into the episode, I do want to note that there were technical difficulties in the setup and the recording, and meanwhile we thought we had gotten them squared away. In listening to the playback, I learned that there was more. Uh, Apparently there were lag issues, so it sounds like... It sounds like she is... Our guest is... um, psychic to say the least like she magically knows what I'm about to say and that is not true our conversation actually had a very like relaxed uh polite flow to it like we were not talking over each other and interrupting each other and such uh it just merely sounds that way because of the lag in the recording and I think I'm going to have to email anchor and maybe look into other hosts i'm not sure how that will work being an entirely mobile setup all right anyway on with the episode all right everybody so today we are with joelle of fluffy kawaii joe uh would you please introduce yourself and what got you interested in lolita fashion how long you've been wearing it that kind of thing Mm -hmm. hello I'm Joelle, and um, I'm from Switzerland, and I've been wearing Lolita for about 12 to 13 years, I guess. And I recorded a very long How I Got Into Lolita um, video uh, recently, uh, so I will do the short version here. Uh, <laughs> I discovered Lolita fashion through uh, fruits and uh, all the J fashion, and then I researched it on the internet and it looked amazing and then I was just interested until I went to Japan and bought my first pieces and then for like maybe 10 years, no maybe not, maybe like 6 years I just wore it at uh, conventions, uh, very badly, very Ita and uh, I was a con Lita and lawn Lita and um, when I uh, actually had more time for some other reasons I started my um, second brand that was a Lolita brand and I started to get more into the community and uh, buying more stuff and this is when like 2015 when I really got serious I would say about Lolita fashion. So, for listeners who may not know about you, what are your favorite Lolita fashion stub styles? So, I'm uh, very, very sweet. So, I would say almost everything sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody loves a cotton candy poof. So, one of the things that you're most popular for and most well-known about is your action Lolita series. What exactly inspired that? So I've always uh, liked doing uh, stuff like that myself as a person. And I also very much believe that Lolita clothes are just clothes and that you can do anything in it. And um, I think I just had been to a rope course. Uh, Do you know, this is the climbing tree part 
uh, with my friends uh, regular outside of Lolita and I said, this is really such a cool thing. We should do that for a meetup. And I wrote a post in the local community and I said, of course, don't wear your $300 Lolita Angelic Pretty brand uh, dress. But why not if you have something like Bodyline, why not? That, that would be fun. And people were like, um, I'm afraid of heights. I don't know. I'm afraid of uh, breaking my dresses, blah, blah, blah. And no one was really interested until I talked to my other friend, Marianne, that is in it. And she said, yeah, of course, let's do that. I'm always uh, happy to do that. And uh, yeah, we found the appeal. And then I had found uh, two other people to do crazy stuff with me. And I don't know actually what changed that one idea for me into actually deciding to make a whole series, I guess. I was like, but if, if we could do that, we could also do that and that. And uh, yeah, just having fun in our clothes. The uh, the whole aspect of Lolita fashion just being clothes is something that's really been pushed. And it is interesting seeing how some people are reluctant to try doing various things that many people do in clothes. Although, I think that one person posted forever ago about spelunking in Lolita, and that's actually dangerous. <laughs> what is it? But it going cave diving ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I've saw that yeah 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 I've seen this picture absolutely that's oh, but, okay. um... the thing is <laughs> you don't do sports or any crazy stuff like that usually with the same clothes that you go um to wedding or to work or whatever so I'm okay to having um appropriate um clothes for everything but I want to we want to show in the series that Lolita fashion is very diverse and you can find really cool um, easy ways of doing that usually we have to change the shoes most of the time we cannot use Lolita shoes because it's dangerous or because of the activity that we do so this is one mm -hmm. thing that usually we won't do but sometimes uh, my friends were OG or sometimes we make it work with uh, an OP and not uh, JSK or something like that and so I don't know, we always try to show how we do that, not like, hey, you can do this and not saying anything. And of course, um, yeah, when we go in the grass, I say, I'm not wearing a light dress because I would be afraid of stains or things like that. So I think mm -hmm. even in Lolita, we can find appropriate dresses for each occasion. And this is a very extreme occasion that not that many people do, but um, I'm having fun doing that. <laughs> Agreed. And like, especially how you guys talk about how you handle the different kind of like petticoats or crinolines mm -hmm, and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I find that really interesting too. Um, so to completely do like a 180 turn, <laughs> like veer to the side, um, I watched your video on what not to do to model for Angelic Pretty. And I thought it was really interesting, especially the part about missing half the tea party to be a model mm -hmm. in the fashion show. I personally think it's odd how a brand expects guests to miss half of an event and be away from their friends, but still have to pay full price for the ticket, despite being part of the entertainment, essentially. Uh, as someone who applied, why do you think so many people apply to be uncompensated models for brand fashion shows? That's very interesting. I think um, just for the prestige or something like that. Um, that's at some point, uh, let aside the, the, the fact that I may not be selected because I'm me, um, 
I decided at some events to not apply as a model because I really want to enjoy uh, the, um, the whole event with my friend because it's been a while and I want to see the whole things. And at other events, I'm like, this one I really would like to model because this would be, uh, it's not good on my resume or anything, but kind of actually, because I'm, uh, for me, who is a YouTuber, I'm on the internet, uh, I think having um, modeling experience and being able to say I've modeled for that, 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 I think it's important. So I want to get my chances of uh, uh, having occasions to do that. So if for some reason I uh, would be able to do so for a brand at some point, I would love to maybe skip some part of the event just to be able to say I've modeled for AP or something and maybe be in their uh, catalog and things like that. You know? So just I would totally understand that people actually go to events for different things. So sometimes you just want to see also I don't think that um, you are actually missing the events because, uh, let me see, you miss maybe, no, you're not missing the raffle or the cake or anything, you're just missing a little bit of the introduction and uh, maybe a Q&A or something, but you get to be backstage with all the other models, see the dresses before everyone else, maybe even talk to the designers. So I think it's not that you're missing on something, but you, you get your chance to have a super amazingly different experience for the same event that all the people that are sitting and listening to um, Honda-san talk uh, won't have um, being uh, not backstage, you know what I mean? So I, I think um, I would actually pay just to to have that occasion of modeling you know what i mean so i think it's uh, really valid to uh get this opportunity if you can and uh i know that it, so for, actually for modeling you have the opportunity to um if you do have a ticket you're missing the first part and also you have to come super super early i remember last time in the castle uh you had to be ready in for lolita in the streets of uh, Paris to be picked up by the bus at 7.30 a.m. Um, to go for her rehearsal. And I think us, we were picked up at maybe 10 or 11 just to attend the, the event. Oh, wow. And so it's definitely that you were doing a lot in the morning, like the rehearsal and everything. So it's just a different event. And I think I lost track of what I want to say. Okay. Um, no, I, I think you answered okay. my question. Um, it's, it's an entirely different experience altogether, yeah. and you don't actually miss a lot of the like events uh, that they have going on. So it depends. So. I can only see for, for um, Angel Pretty. I cannot say for older brands or things like that, but also, um, yeah. One thing that is different, different, good, sorry, different usually is that uh, it's a free, uh, sometimes it's free seating. So when you come back after the fashion show, then you might not have a space near to your friends because you might have the last mm. open space. Yeah, what I wanted to say is that you could solely come as a model if you do not have a ticket for the tea party 
but you will have to leave right after and uh, when the time we went to the castle they had a special bus to take you back for all the models that did not have a ticket for the tea party so you can actually uh, and in that case you don't pay anything just to model and go back so basically if you paid your full ticket maybe you missed a little bit of the um first drink and um and a few of the talks so that's not really you're still there okay you're not seeing the fashion show but you're seeing the backstage and you get the chance to um do the raffle and stuff like that so yeah okay and again another completely different mm -hmm. turn i watched a lot of your videos preparing for this and i found like questions i wanted to ask about different sure. things specifically but it's kind of hops around a lot um so a lot of new lolitas get tricked into buying from milano or replicas early on and you and i have both had that experience uh with like milano or replica and uh, while I later do plan to do a more in-depth episode on how to protect oneself from such scams, what are some things you've learned uh, to watch out for so you don't get bamboozled again? Okay, so um, first of all, I also also want to mention something. Uh, people wrote in Ruffle Chat, oh, but uh, she seems like an experienced Lolita and she got right into the trap. So first of all, I think that if we have... Um, people doing reviews online or in a podcast or in a videos, uh, that's the kind of thing that we can um, go back to um, get us reference to see if it's a good or legitimate uh, thing or not. So actually, I also did not research a lot to buy those stuff from uh, Milano because I wanted to try and I wanted to place myself in the spot of somebody trying and uh, get an honest review so um you can um you can first of all uh, look some of the legitimate Taobao resellers uh, like i would say um not that i recommend them that much but uh, i know that my lolita dress or some of them would have um Taobao dresses and also replicas and they would write it's angelic pretty replica or something like that so if of course if it's written replica in the title that's a replica so don't buy it then first of all i think the price is usually a good indicator if you're not buying secondhand and it's damaged if you see a dress that looks very very good and uh is a brand dress but it's like maybe 50 dollars or 100 dollars and usually you would say see it uh, 300 you probably think it's a replica and most of the time i would say in those cases maybe in aliexpress there's a lot of replicas and wish um they would not write the exact name of the dress but talking to one of my friends that um bought a replica she did not know the original dress and she just saw that that dress was nice and it was priced at the same kind of price as another Taobao dress. So that's kind of hard to know. So I would say if you have the dress in your hands, you can look at if it's supposed to be a brand dress, you can see if it's um, uh, cheap quality, like the finishing and stuff like that can be lower. And also usually they will not have a tag. So the tag, the label on the dress, yeah. and like the paper tag hanging from the dress is the most, um, indicatable 
it's not a word yeah <laughs> thing that will tell you is if it's a replica but usually you want to know before you buy it if it's a replica um yes my mine was a mm -hmm. bit similar but also a bit different so like i was scouring and scouring amazon because i'm like okay well i wonder if there are any legitimate dresses you can mm -hmm. get through amazon and like there were a lot of the obvious replicas and i found this one where in the reviews somebody had like commented oh this is just a dress from taobao and they had put the link in the comment to the mm -hmm. original like taobao listing and so I, or the name of it, and I looked it up, and it okay. looked legitimate. And I actually, um, I ended up modifying it and like turned it into a JSK because I didn't like mm -hmm. the OP cut. Um, and I, at one point, I passed it along to a friend, but the the quality was like along the lines of body line, mm -hmm. the material too. I passed it along to a friend, and then like she did some heavy, heavy modifications to it. And in a post, she had noted it's a it was a heavily, heavily modified replica. And I was like, hold <laughs> up, what? <laughs> And apparently, like, t some Taobao sites also okay. do replicas. So it's, it's, like, I was shocked, needless to say. So it's, like, it goes deep. Yeah, and uh, sometimes, <laughs> um, so we all know, like, the I'm, I'm into sweets, so I know Angelic Pretty, and myself, I would know, right, if I see a dress, if it's from Taobao or if it's a replica from a brand, but newbies don't. And what is even worse is blouses, because I've heard that a lot of the blouses from Taobao or from other brands might be knockoffs of other big brands. But you can never know, because it's so hard mm -hmm. to look up blouses when it's a print. It's way easier. So... Mm -hmm. And the dress that I had gotten didn't mm -hmm. have a print. It was printless. And I was like, okay, well, you know, like, obviously, like, that might help up the quality of it for the price, even like, it was still like overpriced, because it was like, 50 bucks mm -hmm. on Taobao still and like Amazon, they wanted 75. But my boyfriend's mom was like, I need a Christmas <laughs> wish list. So <laughs> uh, I was like, let me just try this. And if it doesn't yeah. work out, it doesn't work out. So yeah. <laughs> but I think that um, there's also I think Facebook groups like what is the name of this dress or something? And maybe you can also ask or uh, little sisters of, uh, big, big sisters of Lolita. And on those groups, you can also ask, I've seen this dress. Do you think it's a real one? Do you think it's a fake? And so I think that, that would be nice to ask or, or other people in your com to have uh, um, advice on that because there's really um, very set of rules that say this will tell you if it's a replica or not and i think with so many taobao um resellers and uh, so now it's really really popular by stuff from china on taobao on taobao resellers or or even some people do it on aliexpress and wish and don't necessarily recommend that because there's a lot of replicas but i think they might all the replicas might be more accessible and uh, so yeah it might be really difficult if you're a newbie to not fall into the trap of replicas mm -hmm. and even more advanced alitas like we haven't Absolutely. seen every dress out there to know what's what necessarily um so yeah uh but to pivot things into a legitimate brand. What inspired your brand, Fluffy Tori? Okay, I'll 
a very lengthy uh, video about that. Uh, maybe all, all those videos you can link them if people want to know more about that. So basically, uh, the short story oh, I is well. that I went to an image coach to learn how to dress normie and my everyday coat at that point was a Lolita coat for years and she said yeah um mm -hmm. coat is fine even though it might have a little a little bit too many bows on it so I would remove all those bows also it's too long for your um shape body shape and everything and so I said okay this coat is quite old so I could just have made and it was a coat that I had um made from um eBay actually also from it was a completely um custom made for my measurements and everything and so I said okay let's just look up what Ooh. is the new trends in uh Lolita coats at the moment so I can have a new coat made that will be shorter and better for my um uh style and then I realized that nobody did uh, printed coats and it would be so cool so one thing led to another i hired somebody to make a print for me and then i received to um print on fabric uh for coats but then i could not find the spoon flowers and places that don't really print on the thick enough fabric for coats so then i realized that what i should do is cotton and have the coat made like fuller so it's more uh, thick and uh, warm and then I that I could order more fabric to make also a dress for me and then I'm like in that case I could also dresses and sell them and one thing led to another I had a brand <laughs> but also I have to say that it escalated I had already <laughs> since already eight to ten years another um brand in the garment industry I was doing a uh, chilling uniforms so even though it's a totally different industry, I was used to make customers and work with factories and everything. So it was not totally new for me. And I had already another company. So I created a different company just without realizing. And so, yeah. <laughs> and pivoting off of that it's like i saw that you had the cheerleading brand but i didn't think it was exactly necessarily related to the fashion uh uh and the uh what would make for a good question for the interview and now i'm like yeah, but you can that go would have made a good question <laughs> well oh, you yeah, already okay. answered the question i would have asked uh but yeah so Speaking of like having a fashion brand with so many fashion brands having unethical working environments and the backlashes to the exposes, how do you ensure the factories you and Fluffy Tori, like the company, work with follow ethical business practices to ensure the fun, happy and quote unquote kawaii as fluff, the um, your slogan, vibe of the brand goes from sourcing and manufacturing okay, all the way to your customers? That's a very interesting question because I could remove questions I'm not comfortable with that and uh even though I'm not totally satisfied by the uh, answer that I want, uh, I wanted to address that. And at the moment, I cannot assure mm -hmm. that the whole uh, source, everything is totally uh, ethical because I'm in a very, very beginning stage with my company. And I see that um, even though this is something super important for me and in my personal life, I'm trying. Uh, get rid of as many um, 
one use things um, as possible. I'm uh, even in the process of removing all paper tissues and I'm going back to uh, um, fabric tissues like, uh, like my mother had and everything. So I think it's a very good concern. Yeah, Sorry? handkerchiefs. I've got a slew of those. Handkerchief. Yeah, yeah. As you may have seen, everybody, English is not my first language. Um, so, okay. Um, I think that it's something yeah. very important for for everybody. We need to be um, thinking about ethical and sustainability and everything. I also think that it's uh, mm -hmm. something that comes later in the brand life. You can either just start your brand and the whole focus is that I want to make something super um, and sustainable. And maybe you find you start with this um, uh, D and then you find a product that you could make that would work with your ID. Or in my case, I actually did not start. I Like I just said, I did not realize I started a company. So... It was never something from the start, but definitely something that I want to go to. But at the moment, we are not even sure we will keep working with the factory at, at the moment. So I'm not even... We have tried seven different factories in the life of Lovitory. And it's it was really difficult even just to have quality and communication right at first. So you would say that it's backward to want to mm -hmm. uh, establish the production and maybe later check or want to apply um, ethics to their, um, to their practice. But I think that if I cannot even find a factory that is able to make dresses, then it's even harder to find one that has uh, all the practices that we want them to have from the start. So... I would I definitely think oh, yes. something really important and I'm not dismissing it at all. But at, at the moment, we're mainly starting just to survive and stuff. And I think that when we will have that established and it's very um, like the it's and it's going fine, maybe we can start um, upgrading to better everything. You know what I mean? And uh, sustainability and um and uh, ethical uh, practices that I really want to to put, but also I want to also address that um, making things at least way more sustainable uh, by removing the shipping and is to produce locally. But Switzerland has like the highest. Um, cost in the whole world i think we have such we are a very rich country and so just just a manufacturing of one dress would cost like 500 dollars and i'm not even thinking about just um the margin that i need to have to survive and all the hours that uh, we need for designing everything and not even all the fabrics and everything and so because this country is also so um, expensive, we are not um, producing a lot of um, um, goods. So also we don't do cotton. Or, so um, you will have to also source the fabric from somewhere else. So I see all the brands 
Wladislaw in um, Poland, they have uh, way more affordable uh, labor costs, so they can afford have a factory there and they own uh, workers to make the dresses, but this is something that we cannot do at all in Switzerland. And even finding people to make the samples, mm -hmm. just finding a seamstress to make the sample cost me, like I want to a professional uh, seamstress a workshop where they could do that as a service. And it would cost me $800 just to do the, the pattern and the sample from one dress without any of the fabric, trim, wow. lace, uh, zippers, anything. So this is not the kind of money that we can invest. So I think if we want to do that, we have for now work uh, with China or if I can find something better. Um, people told me to work with other countries and that have, um, I don't know if they have more ethical um, practices or anything, but at least it's closer than anything to a lot of uh, com uh, countries in Europe that have are less expensive, have knowledge about uh, fashion and garment industry, but I've seen that don't work with a factory that is specifically making uh, Lolita dresses that just don't understand the actions, the quality, the things that you expect in a dress. Even if you give them a sample in it to make, I don't know, uh, we have that issues now with tights. A lot of the factories that do um, sports mm -hmm. equipment say, oh yeah, 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 we can do those tights and I show them pictures and you can see that there's those fashion and I just received one the other day, the sample, and it's some kind of leggings, like yoga pants, um, fabric that they, they, uh, tights. I was like, no, this is not what I want. So yeah, this is, okay, to, to answer your uh, question very shortly, it's like, it's a lot of work and it's very complicated not just snap your fingers and hey let's make it all sustainable and ethical so i'm thinking on it yeah. yeah it's a process it's a process and it's an expensive process like being a fashion designer like uh i think it was last week's episode uh but it like I recorded it before, uh, Catherine Rose, she's still um, having, you know, like still seeking out stuff and trying to find things like a production place. And she, like, if that place that she's looking at currently doesn't meet her needs, she's going to have to look elsewhere. It's, it's a process and it takes yeah, like time said, and it's, it's expensive. An process and, um, People don't realize that the dresses that the indie brands, uh, I would say like the Western indie brands, maybe from the US or Europe, um, they are quite expensive. I would say the price of uh, um, Taobao and the Japanese brands. But uh, all the people that I talk to, they just make very, very little money with making dresses. They just think it's fun. and want to make dresses because it's it's nice but i don't think um it's something that you mm -hmm. can a lot of money with so if you need to add all the 
cost of j just also the research of the time that to find um, all the different manufacturers that do that or just go and train the employees at factories and uh, be sure that they have a very decent amount of pay and everything. All that needs to be reflected cost of the dress and sometimes people they say oh i love your dresses but they <laughs> are just too expensive for me so let's go on Taobao." or no usually people on my video they say yeah the i will just go to wish and buy a dress and I'm like, no, okay i totally understand that my dresses are too expensive for a lot of people and i'm glad that Taobao have um affordable um options for people who have different budgets but um, yeah, definitely. No, I would say before we were in um, competition, indie brands were in competition maybe with the big brands, in competition with Taobao, who really so many different cool prints. The quality is great. The price is very low. So now it's not the best time for the indie brands, I guess, because it's you know. And also, um, this is a little bit unrelated, but I do want to like mention to my listeners that just because something is made in like one's own country or a country that's considered to have better labor rights does not necessarily mean it is a more ethical company. In fact, in California, I want to say it was not even a whole year ago, this one company was, and I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes so people can read more about it, but they were using immigrant labor and they were doing things like holding green cards and like forcing them to work incredible hours mm -hmm. and like as an incredibly bad and pay, underpaying them ridiculously and it was a terrible situation so just because something is made in america does not mean it's ethically made so there's a whole lot to more to it than just it's made in a country with good labor rights because some companies are just shady Absolutely. and that's and also part of you have what very, one has to uh, look into good so. brands from china <laughs> who are very and try to make stuff uh, uh, sustainably. I don't know if you read the same article, but that article that I read about that listed at least five or uh, ten brands. It was, was general fashion, not Lolita fashion, but yeah, also from China, you can find people who are doing stuff very mm -hmm. well. So yeah, absolutely. That's very interesting note too. Thank you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but back onto a happier note, <laughs> um, in your shop, some of my favorite things are like the pins and the stationery. Where do you get your First inspiration all, and ideas for designer. designs from? I have hired a designer that's called Mezzo. So I also have videos about uh, her interview and everything. And so basically anything that we do is drawn by her. Also, she writes all the very cool um, descriptions on the website with mm. all the puns and everything. That's also her. She's very, very talented. And so I would say that uh, sometimes it either yeah. comes from me or from her. Um, sometimes I say, okay, for example, at the moment we um, had a collaboration with I um, had a pop-up store in a bubble tea place with my store. And so we made pins uh, as a collab for both of us, we took our um, 
cute uh, fluffy birds and they're drinking bubble tea and for summer one from halloween and so then i come to her and i say hey we have uh, this project and then to give her inspiration like uh, i went to this uh, this store in the uk um they have a push now it's something different and so the the head pin similar to that with all the season and i say that was such a cool idea we should do something like or then we're like okay this year we really need to do something for pride month or for halloween and so we brainstorm ideas of what we could do and then she comes up with sketches or sometimes she just said oh i just got the idea we should do that and i say okay yeah let's do that so yeah Hmm. Um, yeah, I saw, uh, like, in your shoe video, you had mentioned you were working with other designers and stuff, but I didn't know it even, like, went to the yeah, pins. That's really cool. In Germany. Like, and support your local artists. <laughs> I found when I was designing my coat and for my own needs, basically, that was that I contacted. And uh, and she said yes. And now uh, and she's actually um, yeah. full-time translator from German to uh, English and so she can make her own hours so she, she can work with her stuff on the side so yeah that's her goal really cool so um mm -hmm. your video on detachable parts with Lolita dresses and accessories I, I found it very fascinating I but I noticed you didn't touch on detachable sleeves so I must ask <laughs> I must yeah, ask, so detachable sleeves on Lolita blouses, yay or nay? Remove them. <laughs> uh, you might have seen in most of the stuff that is removable, I do <laughs> remove them and never touch again. <laughs> um, well, actually, I do have yeah. some of the that I put back. Some of them, I like the way that you can uh, be versed. Actually, somebody else said that in the comments and I totally forgot about the sleeves, so... I don't know why I did that because I you oh maybe yeah 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 oh yeah absolutely that might have yeah. been so me was it I totally was it the bento box and I do have blouses that have, uh, blouses that have detachable sleeve so I would say that some of the time um, when they do that it's a little bit tighter than a regular um, cuff for like uh, on the biceps uh because of that or maybe mm -hmm. the buttons to reattach them are a little bit bothering you when you're not wearing um the, the detachable sleeve but yeah i think i i i like the option of being versatile because then i can mostly remove them <laughs> most of the time i wear lolita in my i don't need something too too warm so yeah Mm. Yeah. Whereas I usually wear them out, and this time of year, I like to be able to just steal into the bathroom really and like put them on so if it gets cold, or take them off if it gets too hot. And so it's very. That's if, interesting because if I, I was I sweating or shivering, yes. <laughs> Actually, okay. So if I would plan my coordinates, and if I need to have the sleeves, I would take them. And if I were way too hot, I will just leave them and just, yeah, absolutely, I would not take them off. But uh, if I needed more, like for some reason, I could actually not put the sleeves on and take a cardigan. 
I thought that would be a better coordinate. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm very lazy for that. So, so kudos for you. I get cold really easily. So it's like, oh, it's sweltering outside and then going inside a place. It's like, oh no, now I'm cold. <laughs> so it's uh, like, I'm like, it's a very handy option because mm -hmm. oftentimes if I get cold, it'll be like a cardigan and I the think, sleeves. Yeah, my, and my thing would there we are. have many layers <laughs> that I can remove or, or take out. But then I never know where to put them because my bag is never big enough cardigan in, so. Yeah, that's that's the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mood. And Lolita bags are so small. <laughs> like there's a few indie brands that that's, uh, have that's answered that I've never call, buy a but bag that <laughs> I put tons of things in. I need at least a wardrobe, and usually I want to fit my big. Um, not tripod, but my gimbal for filming videos. So it's quite big so I definitely need a big bag and usually I want a crossbody bag mm -hmm. so I can have both my hands free yeah it's hard to find definitely yes it's not a Lolita bag but I am like in love with my Henry Bendel uh jet setter cross uh Ooh, Henry Bendel Jet Setter mm. tote bags. They um oh. they have like these snaps and stuff, and it can become like a crossbody, a backpack, or you can just carry it on the crook of your arm, and it looks good no matter which way you wear it. And it has room for the mm. water bottle. It has room for a cart. Like these things are like Mary Poppin bags, and I love them so much. Um, mm. And they have so many colors, mm. but the problem is Henry Bendel went out of business at the beginning of last year, I think. So okay. it's hard to find these bags on the secondhand market for okay, a reasonable price. I but I do recommend year, it I <laughs> very much so. I filmed a video them. where I was working the fashion show, like dressing up my mother, I think. And I was wearing uh, the fluffy door dress at um, uh, Sweet Dream Carousel. And actually able to put so much stuff in the pockets of my dress and because of the petticoat you would not so i would send you the link of oh. that video and it's so funny and at some point we do i said metal okay please film me and, okay i have a um big water bottle in it i had my huge wallet there i had the sewing kit for the fashion show i had the keys for the car i had so much more stuff there was like this bundle of stuff that was completely hidden on my dress and you could not even see anything it it was really amazing i'm like we do have pockets in our dresses and this is cool and yeah this is i way love better it than those normie dresses are body because you cannot put anything anywhere <laughs> so Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, if you put something in your pocket, it looks like you have weird growths on you, and it's like, oh no. <laughs> so, um, to wrap things up, uh, would you mind sharing Absolutely. any social so, media where listeners uh, can learn more about you and find out more about your brand? brand? So, uh, YouTube is Fluffy Kawaii and Instagram is also Fluffy Kawaii and I do have also Facebook for Fluffy Kawaii 
then I have um, my brand is Fluffy Tory. So the website is fluffytory.pink. We do have Fluffy underscore Tory on Instagram and also Facebook is Fluffy Tory. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on and even answering questions that were a bit like hard I think to it's important confront to as a brand. That, even not a lot of brands want we, to talk about. Yeah, we should not only talk about the good stuff and all the wins. We should also talk about the struggles and uh, what's helping most people. I think. Okay. Agreed. And more transparency, I think, really lends itself. Mm -hmm. It, it may, helps the consumer make a better informed decision. Thank you for listening to Lace and Cupcakes. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love it if you would rate and review the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find the show on Instagram at Lace and Cupcakes Pod and on Facebook at Lace and Cupcakes Podcast. See you next time.